The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded. Brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to Absent Minded, the top 25, under 25, and number three on our list, Juraj Slavkovsky. I'm joined by Anton Rosegård, um, the fugitive. And where are you now, Anton? Well, I'm still in Croatia. I've been here for two days now, and I'm already starting to be jittery about, uh, you know, going somewhere else again. Yeah, Interpol well. is after me, so <laughs> what am I going to do? Well, but we, we can understand that. And at least you're in such a kind of the world that you can go to country more or less by stepping over uh, out of the door and you're next to another border. We're also joined, and I'm super excited about this, uh, from Il Paletti, uh, the biggest newspaper in Finland, Timo Kunari. Thank you, Timo. Hello, Kitos. Well, thanks for inviting me. It's uh... Nice to be here and uh, with you guys and uh, talk about uh, hockey a little bit. Always ready for that. Yeah, well, we were sure to to stock up on and and get back to. I'm sure of it. Uh, if you're happy with us, that is. But we're always already happy and impressed with your knowledge. First and foremost, you're a Montreal Canadian fan. Oh, absolutely, I am, and and there's a reason for that because I I lived in Montreal for two years. That's already like 20 years ago. That. That was when Saku Koivu was the captain for the Montreal Canadiens. So I was living in Montreal for two years and I was working as a hockey reporter, hockey correspondent. So I was following Haps very closely. And and that will endear you to quite a few of our listeners. Is there any Saku Koivu story you can tell us from the get-go that is not known? How much we have time? <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to that one around Christmas. Right. That would be a good present for our, our listeners. But but we're obviously here to talk about number three on our list in the top 25, under 25, uh, Juraj Slavkovsky. He's here, he's there, he's everywhere, and it's Juraj. Um, last year was a little bit different uh, because it was a season of, of two episodes, really, uh, for Juraj. He started out unknown and finished on top of the draft board. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It was like uh, the first half of the season was strange for Uri, but uh, if we go through last season, first thing we have to remember, he was only 17 years old. He turned 18 at the end of the season, but he was 17 years old. And his first half of the season was uh, full of action. I mean, there was a lot of things going on. He went to Linka Kretskika. He went to Olympic qualifications uh, with Team Slovakia. He went to World Juniors. Even it was a short tournament, but there was a camp before that. He got six-game suspension in the Finnish league. Then he went to the Olympics. So there was, I think, I, I would like to say there was too many things going on around him last season before the Olympics. And that that's maybe the reason he didn't get that, that much of ice time with TPS in the league. That's the that's the first thing come to my mind. 
you mentioned six game suspension. That's something we haven't really heard about or picked up on. What did he do? Uh, that happened just before the Olympics. He it was a, a little bit nasty elbow uh, to the the other guy's head. Uh, I think it was uh, it wasn't that bad. But over here in Finland, you never know what you get. It was a little bit dirty hit, yes, but wasn't that bad. So he was uh, he missed like the last three games before. Uh, the Olympics, and he also missed three games after the Olympics. You mentioned obviously different assignments, but he also plays the played the under twenty, as you said, for TPS. Um, how did he perform in the under twenty leagues? Oh, he he had a lot of points there, and and I think the problem or the challenge for TPS organization last season was, and in the early season. Uri was too good of a player to play for the juniors. And maybe he wasn't ready for to play on top top lines with the with the league, with, with the men's level, with the professional level. And I think that was kind of the question they were trying to solve early season last year. It's kind of difficult with uh, Slavkovsky being as, you know, as physically developed as he is, but obviously he's still a 17-year-old mentally. So I can understand that that was kind of an issue for, for the organization because you don't really know where you're, like what you actually can expect from, from a guy uh, at that point. Obviously, you're kind of like, you're not, uh, you're not fully developed and no one is fully developed at 17 as a hockey player, but it seems like there was a lot of um, things to just like about what he could eventually bring to the game. And I'm guessing that's in the end also, we're going to get to his Slovak performance, obviously, but like what Montreal saw in him as well, that made him go first overall, you know, the, uh, the just overall potential. If you can put everything together, he can truly become a monster on the ice. Oh, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, uh... And and maybe at, you have to jump on the coach's shoes here for a little while because TPS is a traditional uh, organization here in Finland. They should be winning something every season, and 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 he has to be thinking of the whole team and how does the whole team performs and and they have to win the games. And then you have a super talent like you right there, who's only 17 years old, as we said, when the last season started. So I'm sure uh, Jussi Aukas, who was who's still coaching TPS Turku, I'm sure he lost a few nights of sleep when, uh, you know, thinking about what to do with Uri and, and if he should be playing in the f- first line or second line, or maybe he should he should go down the juniors for a few games. I'm sorry, it wasn't easy. Obviously not. And, and you mentioned uh, the, the, the third, second or, or, or first line or even going to juniors and, and having a, a big year there. But you saw it in the Olympics. If we go to, to that tournament, which was really a breakthrough tournament for Juraj Slavkovsky, uh, where he was moved up from the third line to the second line, to the, to the first line. But how dependent do you see him being on having good players around him? Can he drive play himself or, or is he dependent on having a very good center, as an example? Well, he, can, he can produce by himself. He can, he can score goals and, and, and do points by himself. But still, we all know the game of hockey and we know if you have a good line mate, that always helps you. But Uri necessarily doesn't need the great guys around him. He can create himself by himself, for sure. Uh, 
you also mentioned previous before we started recording that you have spoken with with people in TPS uh, and and I'm sorry pronouncing it probably wrong because I pronounce it in a Swedish way okay. uh, but but what did they tell you about you I Oh, they they told yeah. I I made few calls to Turku today, and 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 they told me a lot of things. And and uh, the first thing I asked them is was that what are the skills that uh, made him number one draft pick? And 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 Tommy Kallio, who used to play in Sweden for a long long time, he said, Uri is exceptional player in the last 20 meters on the ice, meaning last 20 meters before the net. He is strong. Uh, he's he's good with the puck. He wins one-on-one battles. He's got a good shot. He doesn't have a Patrick Liner shot, but he's got a good shot. He goes to the rebounds. So there's a lot of good things when he's on the offensive zone, close to the net. That's what Tommy Collier said. Of course, we all know that he's got an exceptional size and body. It's just 18 years old. And, and the other... Coach Yanni Kivihari, who was coaching URI only two years ago in the juniors in Turku, he said that the main thing with URI, he's a natural hockey player. Let him play. Let him decide what to do with the puck or without the puck. You guys know that here in Europe, many teams they lean on a system and, and, and trap and defensive system. Uh, that's not for URI. He's a natural hockey player. They should let him play. Anton, you want to bring yeah. into that? Not really. Like I, I, I just find it uh, fascinating to listen to uh, someone who has much better knowledge about Juraj Slavkovsky and his career so far uh, than myself. But it's just interesting to hear because you see uh, a few of these players who are just, um, you know, instinctive on the ice, and I think uh, that's also something that uh, Juraj Slavkovsky kind of brings to the game. Right? Uh, it's just um, he is uh someone who uh so, who shows like the correct instincts in the like in the offensive zone and that's um something which is very uh promising for for future seasons and uh, it's going to be fun to see how uh, you know how the canadians organization which we've seen now seem to be much more uh progressive and their talent development uh, how they choose to deploy him this season if they are you know if they are willing to give him an extended stint in in the AHL for example if if it doesn't work out uh if if it doesn't seem um really ready for for proper NHL action because Uri Slavkovsky is not a player that you would want to put in on a fourth line i mean he's a first overall pick right so you don't want to put him on a fourth line and kind of forget about him and let him play 10 minutes a night it would be better for him then to play heavy minutes in laval and just continue on developing and as timo said he was a player who obviously he was 17 last season he started in the juniors and you know coming in that limbo when you're too good for the junior league but like not maybe fully developed for a top four league in the, in in the world which league is um obviously it's it's kind of a conundrum and and the risk is that he ends up being in a similar situation this upcoming season right because he's only 18 and as i said before you know as physically developed as he is uh, and as how as suave as he is off the ice with his personality and everything, there are just you know some things that are not fully developed. He's not 
at an Ovechkin level as Ovechkin was when he came out as a winger. You know, he's not that kind of player yet. Um, so we're going to have to have to have patience. And the good thing is that the Canadians are in a position where they actually can have patience with these prospects. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The patience is the key here, I think. And and personally, I don't see any problems to send him down the minors for a little while. You know, if they have like a lot of home games, he doesn't have to maybe travel, go there, go there for five, six, seven games, maybe play on the first line, play the power play. Especially if he can't make it in the first or second line with the, with the Canadians. So and and also one thing, what the guys from TPS Turkut told me, he's very open and positive uh, person. He's got very good personality. So I don't see him uh, see him uh, getting mad if they tell him to go down to Laval for a few games. Uh, and then, but it's all of course it's up to Montreal Canadiens coaching staff how they see the situation in a few weeks or in a few months. You mentioned Timo that. Uh... Um, he he wants to play hockey. He wants to be part of the offensive side. Is that one of the weaknesses in his own end? And and do you think that's manageable and and coachable to to have him be able to to play? Maybe not a a, a defensive role like Arthur Lekonen, who we all love in in Montreal, obviously. But but maybe at least uh, not uh, go astray in in uh, in the defensive zone. Well, I think I'm giving you a boring answer, but I think all the 18 years old players who are going to NHL, the first thing they need to learn is play the defense, play the defensive style, understand what you have to do in, on that level on your own end. So for sure, he they have to work on his defensive game. But the other thing I asked about those guys with TPS Turku, what are his weaknesses if that's even the right the right uh, word but the, the, but one of them said that uh, one thing he has to work on is is the focus on the game for the full 60 65 minutes he's a young player and sometimes they saw him uh, you know he's he was good for 10 minutes then then you didn't see him in 10 minutes and it was all mental you he didn't keep it focus on full uh, period or the full 60 minutes and and I also heard that, that that got a lot of better during last season at the end of the season when he was playing with the, with the professional level but that, that that's something he has to and they have to perform is there any other weaknesses in his games that that you have seen or heard about well I was trying to ask those I didn't get too many too many of those I, I pretty much mentioned them that defensive game and and then uh, keeping his head on the game. Is focus for a full sixty or sixty-five minutes. Indeed, and and hopefully even longer if it comes to the playoffs. Um, okay. um, in in the second part of the season, what really changed was it the fact that he came home from the Olympics with a lot of confidence, or, or was it confidence put or, and trust that TPS put in him that that made him stand out? Because his second part of the season was was really really good for a for a draft prospect. It wasn't maybe line level, but it was pretty close. Yeah, for sure. If if you're MVP of the Olympic tournament as a 17 years old player, that uh, builds your confidence. So I'm sure he came back to Turku with a, with a lot of confidence. And uh, also, as I mentioned earlier, his uh, last year from August till uh, 
February, there was a lot of action, tournaments uh, uh, going back and forth. But when he came home from the Olympics, that's it. Then he had only TPS and only the games in the Finnish league. And then he was playing with the, with the professional level. And he was playing uh, with the two Canadian guys, uh, Tyler Steenbergen and uh, Zach Rodeo. So I think those guys were uh, helping him a lot. And then mostly they played third line. Sometimes he played on second line. And he also got some ice time on the power play. So, so I think the second part of the season after the Olympic Games, uh, he was playing well and he was playing on, on where he was supposed to be playing. Looking for, for the upcoming season, um, you as a hockey writer, you as a um, Montreal Canadian fan and having lived in Montreal, there's always this expectations that number one plays in the NHL. Uh, would you rather see him in the NHL or would you rather see him in the AHL? Because those are the two things that, that we're talking about really at this stage. First of all, I'm not sure if you I understand where he's going. <laughs> he's going to Montreal and he's the number one traffic for Montreal Canadians, Le Canadien de Montreal. So I'm, that might be even a good thing. He doesn't fully understand where he's going. But yeah. Uh, to answer your question, I would love to see me, see him playing for the NHL. So hopefully, hopefully, and I'm sure he will get the chance to show his skills and, and he will start with the NHL. But as I said, if some point of the season it seems like he needs more ice time, he has to go down to minors. Why not? Uh, go there, get a few games, and then come back as, as a stronger player. But for sure, I'd love to see him playing for the Canadians. Um, well, I, I have this question and I just thought thought about it. Uh, so um, I know Saku is keen on keeping up with TPS. How much do you think he had uh, involvement with Montreal Canadiens and picking you, Slavkovsky, first? Is that something you can see happening? I know he got a call from Montreal Canadiens. I know that. Uh, but that's pretty much all I know. So Kosaku is working for TPS. He was watching closely Uri for the whole, whole last two seasons, three seasons. So of course Canadians uh, should call him, and then they, they did call him. And I'm I'm sure Saku gave him a lot of inside information. What did he tell them? That I can't tell you. I don't know. Well, he's not answering my my text, so. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit unfortunate. That would be a great conversation to have. Let's uh, try again. Yeah, well, I, I might have to. Uh, uh. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.